in the gospel reading, everything seems kind of out of order or out of the ordinary for what we might see in that time. First of all, Jesus and this woman are going to the well at the hottest part of the day. And then Jesus is asking her for water, her who is a woman, and her who is a Samaritan woman, which would all be countercultural for that time. But you see, as we all know, Jesus was not there to give water from the well. In fact, he was there to give living water to this woman. Now, she's there in the middle of the day because she's had five husbands, so she's living in sin. She probably is quite shamed, and she's probably outcast from her society. And she doesn't go with the rest of the women early in the morning when it is not hot. Her identity is probably found in all those things I just shared about her. That she's sinful, that she's shameful, that no one wants to be near her. I love there's an episode in The Chosen where they're doing the woman at the well. And when she goes into town, they don't even want her to touch the vegetables or the fruit as she goes through the marketplace. So you can imagine how she might develop an identity that is something less than who she truly is. And so Jesus is there to give her the truth of who she is. That she, nor me, nor you, our identity is not found in our sin. Our identity is not found in what we have done wrong in the past. Our identity is not found in the future. But our identity is found in the eternal now, who is Jesus Christ himself. And I love what she does when she gets the point. She runs back to the town to begin to share Jesus with everyone. Now, her identity, in many ways, was found in the things and how she was living her life. But so often, as we hear in the first reading, things happen, okay? They're not going well. And we might believe, because of the circumstances that are going on out of our control, that Jesus has forsaken or forgotten about us, that he has abandoned us. But this is not the case. And so I want to share a few stories with you about people who are like the Israelites in the desert, yet they experience that wellspring of life that Jesus is talking about in the gospel. The first one, her name is Julia. She's from the Ukraine, but she lives here and she works in our military. She called me up a week and a half ago. She said, my mom doesn't want to leave the Ukraine. She's very upset. She doesn't know what to do. And then she said this to me. She said, but there is so much beauty coming out of what's going on over there. And I'm on the other side of the phone like, you must be kidding me. And she said, our country is praying more than they ever prayed before. So see, in the midst of her mom being stuck there, in the midst of all of that war, and her not having any control of everything that's going on, she speaks of the beauty for how God is drawing people to himself through prayer in the midst of a war. And then there's Stella. I see Stella every day when I go to the cancer treatment center. She's an elderly woman sitting in her wheelchair, and she goes in shortly after I come out. And I was talking to her just yesterday. And she said, you know, we have a lot of fun back there when I'm getting my radiation treatments. And I'm just looking at her going, this, this is, are, are you serious? 
And she said, yes, we have a good time. I have two choices. I said, I can either be joyful and have a good time as I'm going through this, or I can go down that dark path. She says, I choose joy. Once again, in the midst of her struggle, where many would think that God has abandoned her, the wellspring of life and joy comes into her. She choo chooses Christ to go through her radiation treatments. And then I was at a funeral this morning for Harry Twyford, a good friend of mine, who passed away from brain cancer. And uh, Father Matt was doing a homily at Holy Spirit in Virginia Beach. And he, uh, he said when I was talking to Michelle, Harry's wife, she recounted a story that Harry said when he was first diagnosed. And that story was, he said, I'm going to be all right. He said, I'm going to be all right. And I remember him saying the same thing to me and to many of his friends who came to visit him. Because see, on the outside, Harry was this big, strong, strapping, uh, retired police officer from Norfolk. He was a strong, powerful man who had now become weak and frail and couldn't speak. So when you look at him, you might think, well, it's not going to be all right. But Harry had Jesus in his life. Harry had hope in his life, and Harry knew where he was going to go when God called him home. And that was into the eternal embrace of his Savior, who poured his love out for us on the cross. So you see, in the midst of Harry knowing that he's going to die, knowing that he's going to leave his family, the wellspring of life because of his faith came up through him. And in all three of those stories, I don't know about you, but for me, they're just like the woman at the well. She went and evangelized because she had encountered the living God. And in those three stories, they evangelized to me that in times of trouble, I can pray. When I'm going through my own trial, I can be joyful. And when the Lord is going to call me home, I can be confident in his eternal hope that he has promised each one of us here today. And then finally, well, maybe Jesus was. Maybe he was thirsty when he went to the well. But it wasn't for water. It was for her soul. It was to tell her that she was chosen, that she was loved, that she was cared for, that she was forgiven. And the Lord says the same thing to each one of us today. And St. Mother Teresa, if you haven't read it, she does a beautiful prayer called, I Thirst. But the Lord is thirsting for every single person here today. He is thirsting for a deeper, more intimate relationship where he can just hold you in his arms no matter what is going on in your life and tell you that I thirst for you. And that I love you. And I so look forward to spending all of eternity with you.